Um, you know, our life stories, how we live our life stories, kind of reflect what is most precious to us. Our choices, our decisions in life are kind of reflective of that which is most important. And so you find that uh, uh, if somebody who's really important in our life, we start orienting our, our life decisions towards that person. Or sometimes in life, job starts taking an inordinate amount of time and we start orienting more of our resources and our time towards our job. Uh, maybe it's family and there's someone who's going with a, a problem in, 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 our, in our family and so we start devoting more time. But you can look at someone's life and you can see what is most precious to them. Um, Ron was telling the story of meeting me first at uh, Moody Bible Institute and Susan and I were just starting to get to know one another. And we were both just Bible school students and we had our heads down and we didn't even know each other. She was from Minnesota and, well, that was okay, but I was from Iowa. And, uh, but we were just there to, to, to study and to finish our degrees. And, uh, and then we started noticing one another in the library and, and then we started noticing each other in the cafeteria. And, and, uh, and then um, Halloween night after a missions meeting, I asked her, I got up the courage to say, hey, would you like to go out for ice cream? Our first date, okay? Um, But it was interesting how that which was most precious started orienting my decisions. Studies were still important to me, but it was like, hey, Suze, would you like to meet in the library and study together? Or, you know, we both have to eat, so let's get together and sit together at the cafeteria. Interesting. What is most precious displays or or causes us to adjust and orient our lives. I want to tell you three stories today, okay? Three stories. The first one is God's big story. This is like the story that is our magnetic compass. You know, if you have a magnet on a table and you put pieces of metal around it, everything just goes right to that magnet because it has a drawing power. And I want to talk about that story this morning in a way that maybe is a little bit different. Okay? Uh, it's going to be a little bit challenging to you this morning. And so I want you to hear with some, with some different ears this morning some challenges for you uh, and what that means for your life of how you adjust to that which is most precious in your life. I want to tell you a second story, and that's the story of how the early church adjusted their lives to God's story, okay? You've been working through the book of Acts, exciting book, and Pastor Jeremy has been able to lead you through how from the very beginning when the Holy Spirit began indwelling, living in the church, and then the church being the witnesses, they were the actual martyrs, they became the instruments of God working through his church so that in community, the people around them tasted something different. So they became a foretaste. And then I want to tell you a third story, and that's a story that's not finished yet, because it's our story. It's our story about how we are adjusting our lives to God's big story. All right? Let's look at that first story, the first story of God's big story. We often start telling God's story from a perspective of God loves us, that that Jesus sent his Son And he died for our sins so that we can be forgiven of our sins. And wouldn't you want to receive Christ? That is a good story. 
Friends, what I'm, what I'm challenging you in understanding that story is that that is a very important story that fits into a bigger story. And it's that bigger story that people often need to hear. As we're working in, in Europe and we meet with people who have never met a Christian before, who have never, Jesus is just not a relevant topic in their life. Those people, as we tell the story, if we were to start telling the story with Jesus, God loves you, you are a sinner, here's an opportunity for you to receive Christ, they would say, there is so much more to that story. I don't know, you're not telling me, but there's more to that story. And so where we start telling the story is back in creation. And so that's why, as we talk about the four chapters or the key chapters of God's story, it has to include creation. It has to include the rebellion of man and the redemption that Christ brought. And it has to finish with restoration. Not just in heaven, but restoration that's happening here on this earth. You know, I was, uh, this is a number of years ago, but I was working with uh, uh, Linda Guy, and we were working with the Awana children, not Awana children, uh, uh, Vacation Bible School children. And uh, Susan and I, our family had been in the Czech Republic, and we were here for a summer, and we were helping you all with the Vacation Bible School. And um, uh, we were talking with some children in the, uh, they were grade schoolers, and, uh, and realized they'd never heard the gospel before. They'd never seen a Bible before. The story of Jesus was like, wow, this is a new story. And I realized that here in Iowa Falls, there are so many people who have never had an opportunity to hear the gospel message. Here in a town of 5,000 people. It's not just in the Czech Republic where people don't have that opportunity. It's right here in the United States where people are growing up and they don't have those influences. And so, folks, I'm just encouraging you. This is that part of that God story that's challenging is that it needs to include God's big story according to what that person needs to hear. Let me start. Uh, a good place to start, and this is where I start with many of my friends who may not be believers or take a world, uh, a world view. And, and this is actually, um, if, you're gonna, if you want to follow along, this is in your bulletins. And um, you'll be, there's some questions here uh, for your life groups that you'll have a chance to, to work through your life groups as well. Um, but I usually start in the story and saying where we are today. And, and it's not difficult to get agreement with somebody and saying, you know what, we're a divided culture, whether in America, the same is true in Europe, in, in socioeconomic situations, in places where people are really poor, really rich, where people come from different races, there are immigration issues. We're just naturally divided people because we want things to be our way. And that's a, that's a truth, that's a part of that story that people often agree with. But just as, just as our thirst indicates that there's water, just as our hunger indicates that there's food, there's something in every human that desires for something better, right? Because when you talk with them, it's like, oh, yeah, I w- you know, our, our senators, they can't get together and decide. I wish they could just get together and make it better, all right? There's something in people that just have a sense of this could be better, folks. And where does that come from? And that's where we need to start with that story. It starts back at creation where God, it says in Genesis 1 through 3, that God created us in his image. And that image means that we reveal the characteristics of God, his compassion, his justice, his righteousness, his holiness. 
that we were designed for good. We were designed to reveal and to reflect him. And yet the second chapter of that story goes on to tell us that we decided and wanted to take over God's position. That we desired to run our own lives. And God said, that is not going to happen. Rebellion happened. And so God caused man to leave the garden. He said, you will die spiritually. And so there was separation between man and God. There was separation between man and his wife. And then Cain and Abel, we saw there was separation between people. That that rebellion that was damaged by evil, or or we were damaged by evil caused by the rebellion, and that's the way that it still is today. Now, there's a third chapter of that story that's important because we know that the biblical story goes on to talk about God sending his son, God becoming in flesh the sacrifice for the sins of man. That Romans 4 through 5 says that Jesus came in order to die on the cross to take your sins so that you would receive his righteousness if you receive that by faith. That Jesus came to be treated in the same way that we deserve to be treated so that we could be treated as Jesus deserved to be treated by his Father. There was that switch, that, 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 that time where, where Jesus because of his death on the cross, offered to us his righteousness, his ability to be in relationship with God in exchange for our sin. That's the redemption. That's the redeem for better. But brothers and sisters, the story doesn't stop there. Because we aren't saved only to be better, redeemed to be better. We are being transformed and sent together to offer transformation. You know, in the same way that we were designed to reflect and represent God, in the same way that we lost that glory, that we lost that opportunity because all have sinned and miss the ability to reflect that glory, as redeemed, as those people who are part of God's church, they now have the opportunity to reflect that glory once again in ever-expanding ways of God's compassion, His justice, His mercy, His love. And so, to end with redeemed for better is a good story. But folks, if you want to get the whole story and explain that, it ends with our being restored in this life and the destination is heaven. We end up, that's that's a given for believers. And yet, he has given us this time in life in order to form communities. And, And that is what Susan and I are so excited about is that you folks have sent us out into the uttermost parts in order to help groups of believers to form communities, to form churches who are reflecting together God's characteristics in places like Czech Republic or in Germany, in Poland. And now as the Lord is giving us opportunity in Thailand, in places in Africa. Brothers and sisters, this is God's big story. Now, let's just sit back for a moment. So if you were to, to tell this story to someone, and as I have experience in telling this with people who are good friends but may not be uh, followers of Jesus, they say, you know, Richard, I can, 
I really agree with you by evil. That's evident in our lives today. I, I can agree with you in that, in that circle there. Uh, this issue of design for good, okay, let's just take for the benefit of the doubt that there is a creator, that he designed us to know him, and that the reason everything is upside down today, Elian, but this idea about Jesus being the way to bring about transformation, that one's tough. You know, we have lots of good education programs. We have companies and organizations that are building water wells in Africa. We have uh, uh, hospital facilities that are being built. Isn't, isn't that transformation? Isn't that what our society really needs? And my response is, those are really good things. But the problem is, the fruit of our rebellion is the, is the dissension. It's, it's the stuff that's, that's happening in, in problems in our world. But the root of the problem is our rebellion against God. And there will not be any fruit of transformation unless there is the root of redemption that is being worked in our lives. Friends, to go immediately and to say, oh, let's just try to transform the world through good acts, good deeds, without saying Jesus is the only one who heals and the only one who brings real redemption, which brings transformation. That's not God's story. God's story is that Jesus is the only way that we are redeemed and that we can offer transformation. This is God's big story. This is, this is the story that my desire this morning was that, that as you think about this and you think about your place in it, that, that you're going to ask the question, what, what am I adjusting? What am I to in this life? How, how is Jesus working in my life to cause me, to encourage me to transform or to, to, to adjust my life to his story? That's the first story. Uh, with some challenges of looking at a bigger story of God's story. Let me go on to the next story. And that's the story of the early church as they adjusted their lives. Um, Pastor Jeremy's been working through the book of Acts. Wonderful time. Uh, I get a chance to look at some of your sermons online. Uh, wish could be here. Uh, it's not practical each all the time. But uh, just being able to see how you're working through, to see how, how as the Holy Spirit comes in, to the people's lives, that they are being witnesses, that they are declaring the gospel message, that they are also instruments of God's blessing, of God's working. That means that that they are the channels through which God works in the communities around them, and that they are also the foretaste. They They are the aroma. It's the taste of fellowship that people outside the fellowship say, like in Acts chapter 2, what is going on with these people? Or in another place it says, we like what you hear, Paul. We want to hear more about it because of this aroma that he's giving off. You see, the church is to be a foretaste. It's to be a pshedkarm. Uh, it's to be a, uh, an appetizer for the, uh, for the kingdom that's coming, for the people around them to have a chance to taste what's that like to be in God's kingdom. And that's what your community does. That's what you were designed to, to do. And so, as we look through the book of Acts, the church, the early church is to be the witnesses. It's to be the instrument. It's to be the foretaste. And it started 
Actually, it, it continued with Jesus saying, make disciples. Go and make followers of mine. Wherever you go, make disciples by means of introducing them to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, by means of teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And folks, it's that teaching them to obey is, is often the hard part. We, we often focus on the teaching them. And so in our minds often that Christianity or faith is, uh, there's just a lot of knowledge, but, and yet it's the model that we display. It's teaching them to obey Jesus in all that I said. And the emphasis that Jesus was making is to, to do that in communities. And so as he said in Acts chapter 1 at the beginning, just before he was taking up into heaven, he said, you will receive power. You're going to have the Holy Spirit in a way that you have never had before. And you're going to be my witnesses, my martyrs. Here in Jerusalem, right where you're living with neighbors, it's going to happen in places outside of Jerusalem and even cross-culturally in Samaria. But it's also going to happen in the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm sending you filled with the Spirit to be my witnesses. Acts is a great story. Do you apply everything that happened in Acts to today? I don't think that's why it was intended. But it was intended. The book is called the book of Acts. Rather, it should be the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit as he led the church. And I think that's why Pastor Jeremy and the leaders have decided on that book. It's because it gives you some examples of how the church is interacting in the community. Wonderful. Third story that I wanted to share with you today has to do with how we are adjusting our lives to God's story. Um, there are some, there's some wonderful people who... Uh, uh, in this church. We, as I said, we enjoy coming back to this body. Uh, uh, Mark even said, oh, Rich, you gotta have, you're going to preach twice on Sunday morning. And uh, I said, you know what? We enjoy coming back because we enjoy hearing your stories. We enjoy connecting with you to hear what God is doing in your lives and doing through you. There's been people that, uh, uh, just hearing in stories, for example, of uh, what you're doing in the Lighthouse Center of Hope, uh, in, in helping, I believe, if I have this right, of, of helping young mothers or people uh, who are in just really hard situations. And I know you folks are financially helping them. You're helping them in some practical ways right here in Iowa Falls. Um, the Ministry of uh, the Wings of Refuge that is in aims with anti-human trafficking. And as I looked at their webpage, I saw uh, someone who's not attending here, but uh, still very involved with Paula Nugent and the uh, way that she is, is helping that ministry to be working in, in a place that's a little bit outside of Iowa Falls. But I know you folks are, are financially helping. You're, some of you are helping physically or practically in that. And then, folks, you've, you've sent out, you're helping people like Ed and, and Mindy and Mary Beth and Bio and, and Mandy Roger as, uh, as they're working in the uttermost parts to help establish churches, uh, communities of believers then who have a chance to work in their communities. Um, just wanting to encourage you. You, uh, you folks are, are responding. You are adjusting your lives. You are, you are wanting to see God revealed through your lives in the lives of people here. 
we love hearing those stories. That's, that's, uh, that's encouraging to us as we come back. At the same time, wanting to, to challenge you. Wanting you to challenge you with that, that question, what is, as Jesus is most precious in your life, as he is becoming more precious, how do you adjust more of your life to him and his story? So, this is where, if I could just ask you to just kind of sit back, just do a little bit of evaluation and just ask yourselves, what circle do I fit into? If you were to place yourself in a circle here, and this is kind of when I explain the the big story to some of my friends, I I give them an opportunity to to say, would you see yourself in the, the design for good, the damaged by evil, the redeemed for better, the sent together? And many of my, my Czech friends will will say, well, you know, I, I, do, I do think that I'm in this circle of still, uh, I'm not redeemed, I'm not a follower of Jesus, and so they're able to place themselves in that situation, and, and that just opens up a conversation with, well, where would you like to be? What information do you need to know? What, what would help you to make another step and adjust your life into God's story? And uh, really fruitful conversations. Um, there may be some people here today, and you're in that situation. Uh, you may say, well, I've been attending here. I know the story of Jesus, but I can't tell you that I'm in that redeemed circle. I can't tell you that I have trusted Jesus as my Savior. And I'd say, I am so glad you're here because you are living and you have an opportunity today to adjust your life to God's story. And that first adjustment is God offering you gift of life, of forgiveness, of offering you eternal life that starts right today and goes into heaven. That may be the decision you need to make today. I think for most of you, though, you probably find yourselves either in that third circle, redeemed for better and moving towards sent together to offer transformation. And so my challenge for you, folks, is how am I adjusting my life to daily, to daily move into transformation? How am I adjusting my life so that I'm not living just with a, a, a personal spiritual life, but my spiritual life is dependent and growing in dependence upon other people? That it's not just me helping, uh, me growing, but I'm helping others to grow. What are the ways that I adjust my life to God's story so that I'm blessing others in my life groups? In, the, in, the, in my neighborhood. Those are my, my three questions I want to leave you with. Um, what are the adjustments that I need to make in my life? And maybe that first one is, is moving from, you know, I made a decision to follow Christ. I'm not sure where to go after that. I'm asking you to consider a shift that moves just from a one-time decision that moves into what are the habits that I'm cultivating so that I'm growing and being more and more transformed into the image of Christ? How does that happen in life groups? How does that happen in increasing uh, my, in my time with life groups of serving people around in my community? From living in my own spiritual life into saying, you know, I have been gifted, I have been blessed by God 
But the blessing doesn't end with me. It's to come out of me. It's to be a blessing to the people around me, to my neighbors, um, to, to the people at work, to the people at school, to the people who are close by, who are far away. It might be an adjustment in, in saying, look, I kind of thought of heaven. Boy, that's, I'm really glad I'm on my way to heaven. And yet, what's, my, what's, what's the purpose of why I'm here right now in Iowa Falls today? And changing from, from a, a, a heaven perspective to what does it mean to live missionally? Going back to, to, to the Genesis passage, friends, missionally, living missionally means living according to how you're designed. And you've been designed to reflect God's character. You've been designed to represent him in all of your relationships. That's what you're designed for. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for your being here today. Um, in hearing your stories, I, one story I heard in the last few days of just of just hearing of someone really wanting to reach out to their neighbor, trying and not getting a lot of responses or kind of cold responses. And uh, just wanting to encourage that person, wanting to encourage you. Uh, you were made to reveal God. You can't do anything about that, folks. You will reveal God more and more as you are being transformed into the image of Jesus. How will you adjust your life so that you can become more made like Jesus? It's way beyond my ability to do that. It takes you. It takes the fellowship. It takes my choosing risks. It takes my risking of uh, maybe starting a conversation with a relative, with somebody at work. It takes my taking steps of adjusting my life to God's story. Allow me to pray, please. And Lord, we, we are grateful that you have called us into your story, and it is your story. O King, O Lord of the universe, Creator, you have blessed us that we would be able to know you and that we would be known by you. Thank you. I pray that the the words of, of yours that have come through Scripture, the words of mine would be pleasing. I pray that they would have an effect uh, upon the hearts that you would desire in each of these people's lives. Lord, we, we worship you. We, we finish with this song, and yet we want to be left and, and going into your world uh, as revealers and representatives of yours. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.